0: Hello, oh, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Effective Church Leaders podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. I'm your host, Becky Holton, and I'm joined by my debonair co-host, Carrie Holton.
1: Oh, my goodness. I'm here, all right, but I don't know who the debonair person
0: is. Yeah, we'll look it up later. <laughs> <laughs> well, hon, we are really living in strange times, aren't we? Aren't we, though? I mean, the world is changing. Changed so much. So much. It's, um, it's really unusual uh, as when you consider the way things were a month ago. is the way they are today.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. It is very unusual, and it's affected life in so many ways. Yes. I mean, we're, we, we are uh, still under a stay-at-home order. Mm-hmm. We don't have much contact with people in the outside world. And I do enjoy your company, by the way.
0: Uh, yeah, but it'd I be nice to get out of the
1: house more than we do.
0: Well, we were both a little inappropriately friendly with the Chick-fil-A person that brought us our brought us our little sandwich the other day when we dared to get out with our masks. We <laughs> That's true. We were a little over the top. We were so glad to see someone.
1: <laughs> well, I must admit, too, that uh, we're supposed to practice social distancing, but you and I are not doing that very no, well. No,
0: we're not. And we shall not. (laughs) No, we won't.
1: We are living in strange times, and haven't we been reminded that nothing stays the same? Yes. That change is part of life. How COVID-19 has changed our lives. I don't know that any of us really like change, but like it or not. Change is a part of every life, and that has been proven to us big time in recent weeks.
0: Yes, and and we have learned that change is part of church life, too. I mean, who would have thought a few months ago that we would not be able to gather together in person? Uh, We are still able to worship online with one another, but not in each other's physical presence. So this health crisis has brought a lot of change into our lives and into the life of church families as well.
1: Yes. How about we start this episode where we left off in the last one? The COVID-19 health crisis has brought a lot of pain to individuals, families, and even churches. But as we said in the last episode, it has also created many opportunities. And in this episode, we want to suggest what some of those opportunities are And how our churches might even be able to turn lemons into lemonade. And uh, we're still being sensitive to those who've suffered great loss. Yes. I think we should add that.
0: I agree. There are just so many people that are deeply hurting, uh, so many losses. And those are going to continue for a while. And we acknowledge that and we respect that. and. We pray for those people um, that are going through those things as well.
1: We're just trying to find the positives in this crisis. We, We
0: are, because we do believe that God always has lessons to teach us in a crisis. That's right. And so let's just jump right into this. Let's talk about the first opportunity that this crisis has created for churches.
1: Very well. We would say that this crisis has given church leaders the opportunity to pay more attention to their church's digital presence. I agree. You know, ideally, the stay-at-home orders have given church leaders time to think about their church's digital engagement. And that's a good thing. Some of us may not yet see the importance of having a digital presence, an online presence, but please trust us, church leaders. It's a good thing, and it's so very important.
0: Yes, and you know, I think we have to realize that the internet and the World Wide Web are here to stay, and churches that are not utilizing this tool are—they're just really missing out. I agree. I can't help but think that if the Apostle Paul were here today, he just might have a little—he um, might have a little iPhone and, an, and a little iPad with him when he's (laughs) walking down the road (laughs) because I think he would be looking for ways to use this tool to reach the lost world for Christ because you know, it, it was Paul that says you become all things to all people to win some to Christ. And I take that to mean, you know, sometimes you have to do things that are a little uncomfortable or that you may not know much about. But if that's the way to be able to connect with someone and talk with them about their soul, then that's what you got to do. I
1: think you're exactly right. I think he would be looking for every tool, every way he could think of to proclaim the gospel of Absolutely. Jesus to more and more people. So. We're talking about the importance of the church having an online presence. And as we consider that digital presence, let's think, first of all, about a church's online worship services or their worship assemblies, okay?
0: All right. You know, my guess is that most of us have been worshiping online for the last several weeks, and aren't we glad that some churches, well, actually many churches, have been able to stream worship services online. Uh, Streaming services have been such a blessing during this pandemic.
1: Yes, it has been a blessing. And there was a survey that caught my attention a few days ago. The survey was aiming to measure what churches were doing during this pandemic and 500 churches of all sizes from small to mega church, 500 churches responded to this survey. Interestingly, 4% of the 500 churches were still holding services in person during this pandemic. Isn't that interesting? And how do you feel about that by the way? Well, <laughs> uh oh.
0: I doubt those churches were helping their mission very much. I mean, I can't help but feel that it was pretty insensitive to be holding in person worship assemblies during this COVID-19 pandemic, for crying out loud. (laughs) I mean, I would assume that these churches who continued to hold in-person assemblies might have had some good reasons for doing so. I can't imagine what in the world they might be, but I would hope that they had some good reasons. Okay. And I'll stop there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you'll find this interesting, too. Of the 500 churches who responded to this survey, one half of them had online services before this crisis hit. Hmm. One half did not. But fortunately, the 250 or so churches who did not have an online worship service before the crisis hit were quick to add them. Good for them. And only 5% of those 500 churches have yet to shift to online worship services.
0: Well, they're still meeting in person.
1: I, I guess so. I guess so. You know, I think one of the fears that some church leaders have is that if they start streaming their assemblies, people won't come back to the in-person gatherings once this pandemic is ended. I remember someone expressing this fear at a recent Effective Church Leaders workshop after we were encouraging the church leaders there to stream their services online. And uh, at the break, one of the men came to me and said, aren't you afraid that People won't come back to the assembly. I think that's a fear of many mm-hmm. church leaders, and I understand that fear.
0: Right, and, and we definitely want to say that there is tremendous value in face-to-face, in-person assemblies of the church. It's absolutely powerful, and there's so much value in the gathering of Christians every Sunday. It's really important, and we're not saying it's not.
1: Hey, Scripture has a lot to say about those yes. gatherings, too, by yes. the way. However, you know, I I really don't feel that streaming services will reduce in-person attendance once the pandemic is behind us. I know it's possible, of course, but I really don't believe it's likely. In fact, some of the churches who responded to the survey were seeing greater engagement through their online services Mm -hmm. than they saw in their in-person assemblies. Mm -hmm. So attendance was actually up. Mm -hmm. two out of three churches who responded to the survey said that they were seeing greater engagement.
0: Of course, we are talking about the long-term ramifications of online church services. And I'm sure that conscientious church leaders are thinking about those possible ramifications. And again, we should mention something that we know, the internet is is not going away. It is here to stay. It's
1: not going away.
0: And the truth is, that a church's digital presence has become the new front door of the church. And, and really, this shouldn't surprise us. We go online for everything else. Why shouldn't people check out a church online before they ever um, do so in person? It just makes sense. Well,
1: I'll give you an illustration of what you just said. I've got a project underway in my spare time.
0: You don't have any spare time.
1: <laughs> a spare time, that's a novelty, isn't it? You know, I hear of people with time on their hands during this pandemic, but we seem busier than ever.
0: It seems to go one of two ways. Some people seem bored and nothing to do, and other people seem to be busier than ever. It yes. seems like there's not much equity. Right.
1: In... Well, anyway, back to my project, back to my special project. I need- to
0: your lack of spare time <laughs> that you have, which you aren't using. <laughs> I've
1: needed some tools. And I've needed some lumber to build an office desk for myself. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I'm so excited about this project. Uh, by the way, I Have should you mention your
0: goggles yet.
1: Uh, no, they they wanted twelve dollars for those goggles oh, for at Home Depot. Out loud,
0: I will buy them. For I'll you. just use
1: my reading glasses as goggles. How's that?
0: We'll discuss this later.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, I should mention, by the way, that this office desk that I'm building. Well, I went online to find those step-by-step instructions for building the desk that I want to construct. That should tell us something.
0: That was pretty cool. I mean, it's step-by-step.
1: Step-by-step, which I need. Anyway, I had to purchase some tools to build this desk, and what did I do? I first went online Mm to Menards, that's for your Nebraska listeners, I went online to Lowe's. I went online to Home Depot to see what those tools cost. Before I ever walked through the doors, which, of course, I'm not supposed to do during this stay-at-home order.
0: No, you're not.
1: Anyway, this is what we do. Before we experience something new... We go online to check it
0: out. Absolutely. And the point that we're trying to make is that churches absolutely must have an online digital presence these days if they want to accomplish their mission and reach others for Christ, especially others in the next generation. You know, just an observation I was thinking about, hon, we have changed banks before because they didn't offer online capabilities. That's very true. and that says something we're not the next generation we're old geezers and we still have changed banks
1: but we're trying to stay relevant yes we are and we have found that those online banking tools are useful so why wouldn't we use them
0: absolutely okay and and, you know by by in regarding streaming services we have heard something absolutely fantastic we have heard that life church is offering a free resource to churches and it's a church online platform, and its expen- it would have been expensive software. But this church, as a gift to other churches who are trying to... Uh digitally stream there's they have they've done all the heavy lifting and all the expenses and they're offering this free to other churches so as this is the season to pay greater attention to a church's digital presence that might be a tool that many church leaders would find useful
1: yes and they could go online to find it just go online to life period church period and you could find that free resource this is a great time to take a look at your church's online platform i believe or to get one if you don't have one. Well, you know, we've talked about the importance of streaming services. Uh, We've talked a little bit about uh, outreach, how that uh, this is the front door that many people will first experience a streaming service before they will ever darken the door of a church building. But, you know, we also ought to continue streaming services for the sake of other reasons. For Mm -hmm. example, for the sake of the homebound, not just during the pandemic, but those who are homebound all of the time. Right. We should stream services for their sake. Uh, And I think I should add this too. There is coming the day, I suppose, when our church doors will open again and we'll be able to gather with Christians. But that day may be a ways off. And even when that day comes, even when church leaders decide to open their doors, there are still going to be a lot of people who are cautious and hesitant To come right back to return to the assembly, even after stay at home orders are rescinded,
0: Mm -hmm. they're
1: going to be slow to return, which means churches need to continue their streaming services Mm -hmm. for the sake of those people who feel like it might be unsafe to return right away.
0: I would if I could add just a couple more categories to that as well. You mentioned homebound. There are some people that are homebound from time to time and why should they be penalized because they've had surgery or because they're taking chemo and they can their immune systems is low. Why do we penalize them? Good point. And and in addition to that, it is so wonderful for missionaries to be able to stream the services, the worship services of the churches that are supporting them. It helps them to feel connected, and it also, if you know, if they've come from a church that really knows how to feed their members and help them stay close spiritually, that is such a beautiful resource for those missionaries who are always feeding others. In addition to staying uh, close. Uh, just close to the people that care about them. It's, it's a very beautiful thing. Yes. Um, so we believe, you know, the pandemic has given church leaders an opportunity to consider streaming their services and the value of doing so and making that experience the absolutely very best experience it could be. I mean, what else should church church leaders consider regarding their online presence? Um, when you're thinking about about what we need to do with this and before i ask you that question i do want to add one thing we said make this the very best experience isn't that what we want to be offering to god anyway
1: i think so i, I mean think so. this
0: isn't we do want this to be for people that are listening, but we are doing it in God's name. And we we just don't want something held together with duct tape and bailing wire when it comes to this.
1: It should be the very, the very best, best that it yeah. can be. And it's not that we're putting on a show
0: no. or that we're trying
1: to perform for people. Not at all. We're trying to do something the very best it can be in order to honor God and also to appeal to people who might want to jesus in their lives who might need jesus in their lives and don't know how to find him yet
0: well and if we're doing it poorly then we become a distraction to the message i agree that's the last thing that we want to be doing but um let's move on a little bit more what do you have some other things that you think church leaders should consider regarding their online presence
1: sure you know we've, we've just talked about streaming worship services but i think that church leaders should also consider small group engagement online. You know, in the 500 church survey that we mentioned earlier, two mm-hmm. of three churches are continuing their small group engagement. They're just meeting those small groups online.
0: Hmm. I think that's really neat to know that because, you know, hey, solitary confinement is not good for a person. <laughs>
1: no, it's it not. It just <laughs> makes
0: you a little wonky. A little right. More than normal.
1: And, and these small groups have learned how to use Zoom, for example a wonderful tool for gathering your small group together and meeting together. You can meet your small group through Zoom or some other software tool online. So that's one way that churches can have an online presence. Just continue their small groups online.
0: Well, and we should also share that we have heard of some churches who are providing online resources for children and parents as well as teens and other students and just to put a little plug in, let's not leave our older people out of the categories that need to have some provision here. Um, I I think sometimes we leave them out. We write that off that they don't have a computer or they don't know how to do this. But you know what? I don't know very many older people that don't have an iPhone. And um, we need to make sure that someone's checking in with them and we and seeing if they know how to get online and let's provide them some written instructions oh, let's good not idea. make them feel stupid because they don't know how to do this you know let's show this one another and help each other through something like this
1: great comment i think i want to add too that churches need to offer online or mobile giving options that's right. especially important right now i think the larger churches are certainly doing this But it may not be something that smaller churches are offering as yet. And that's really a shame at a time like this when those who don't offer online giving have only one option, mailing a check to the church office, which is a good thing. Right. But uh, churches need to offer that uh, online giving option or that mobile giving option.
0: Well, let's start to wrap this up. And in review, uh, we have said today that this crisis has given church leaders the opportunity to pay more attention to their church's digital presence, uh, to work on their streaming services, online resources for small groups, children, students, parents, and online giving options. Do you have any final thoughts before we Close this episode of the podcast. Why do I ever ask you this? Of course, you have final
1: thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I do have some closing thoughts.
0: Well, bring it on. You know,
1: I think the Lord has given us a real opportunity in this season to pause, to slow down, and to consider what we want the church to look like after this pandemic has run its course. And I'll just tell you one of my greatest fears is that churches will return to business as usual. I think that would be a mistake. I do, too. I think the place to start to reimagine the future is with the church's digital presence. I don't know if it's the place to start, but this certainly is an opportunity for us to reimagine our future with the church's digital presence. And this pandemic has shown us that it can happen, that the church may not be able to meet in a building, may not be able to do church as we may have done it. In the last several decades. Now is the time to reimagine our future, to work on our online presence, if for no other sake, for the sake of the next generation for whom the Internet is vitally important.
0: I couldn't agree more. Those are really good comments, hon. So let's talk about another opportunity that has been created by this pandemic in our next episode. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. We don't want to just dump the whole load on our listeners all at once, do we?
1: No, we don't. Good idea. We'll wait till the next time. So friends, that does it for today. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Effective Church Leaders podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped lead more effectively, and help your church thrive.